We're joined now on Radio Sport by a man with, wow, talk about enough on his plate. Not only does he hold the finance portfolio, he's got to look after sport as well. The Right Honourable Grant Robertson joins the programme now. Grant, welcome to Radio Sport. G'day, Darcy. So, how are you going to save sport? That's what's on your plate right now. What do you propose? Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot on my plate, as you mentioned. Look, you know, this is unprecedented, Darcy. I mean, who would have thought just a few weeks ago that uh, most professional sports leagues in the world were either closed down or significantly slimmed down, um, but let alone the impact it's having on grassroots sport around New Zealand. So I've literally just finished a meeting with Sport New Zealand around the work that they're doing. They've brought together the most of the major codes to get a feel from then on where those codes are up to. And I've asked Sport New Zealand to start developing what I'm calling a sport recovery package. Um, this is going to have a big impact, Darcy, and just as it is with my role in the finance hat, I cannot promise to save every job in New Zealand. I also cannot promise to save every sport from the impacts of this. But we are doing our best with Sport New Zealand, looking at their reserves, looking at what they've got available, and with our own work, what we're going to be able to do but this is going to be extremely tough for sporting organisations in New Zealand. Okay, so from on a fiscal point of view, because plan you've got the finance portfolio as well, how much are you looking at maybe allotting to try and help out all of these organisations, or is that how long is a piece of string? Well, look, it's just too early to make that judgment at the moment. Um, you know, as I say, we've just been on in these meetings talking about how we'll make this work. I signalled yesterday when we announced the $12 billion package that, you know, this wasn't the end of the road, that we are looking particularly through May's budget as to what we can do. Um, and so we'll, you know, we'll be pulling all those numbers together. I'm, I'm really, really conscious that sports in New Zealand, you know, get a lot of their revenue out of out of TV rights. They get revenue from Class 4 Gaming. Um, they get revenue through the TAB. A lot of these things are going to be slowing down, if not disappearing completely. And so the numbers here could be very, very large, and the government won't be able to step in and manage all of those. Clearly also individual sports, you know, they run themselves. They're individual businesses in many cases, and so they'll have conversations to have with banks and conversations to have with sponsors. So we're putting all of that work together now, but it's just too early to give a number or even really a scope of the package. About the process around information that's being sent out to all of these bodies, is there a, a strict process you're looking at? Are they all getting their, the right information from, from the same source, from the same place? Yeah, look, it's, you know, in a fast-moving situation like this, it's always difficult to get the right information out. We were just talking um, before about the importance of, you know, sports following Ministry of Health advice and guidance. And, you know, sometimes Ministry of Health is pretty busy, but I just encourage, you know, everybody involved in sport to keep an eye on the Ministry of Health's website where all the up-to-date information is there about gatherings and what to do and so on. And we've just got to keep making sure that the that expert advice is taken in that regard. The real issue for people is that evolves day to day. You know, we've taken the positions we have to be pretty strict around our borders to make sure that, you know, we've got those public health campaigns going to try and, as you would have heard the phrase, you know, smooth the curve of, of infections. There are going to be more infections in New Zealand, and so we've just got to keep managing that advice. So really the best I can do in that regard is say, you know, be talking to the Ministry of Health. In the case of what might happen with future funding, there's really good relationships between Sport New Zealand, high-performance Sport New Zealand and the various codes, and so um, we just need to keep those communication lines open. Grant Robertson, Minister for Sport, joins the programme. There's a couple of outlying codes, and I'd say New Zealand netball is one, and maybe even the thoughts around Super Rugby and their possible recommendations. 
What are your thoughts around New Zealand netball continuing with their competition, albeit behind closed doors, when a vast majority of the sports have decided the best thing to do is to simply postpone what they're up to? Yeah, look, this is you know this is where I say the government doesn't run these sports organisations, and in the end, what I'd be encouraging them to do is take the expert advice. I'm sure they have been, and looking at how they can, you know, if they can put something together that works, that's safe, that uh, that you know provides um, these kinds of opportunities, then then that's a good thing for us. Um, I'm not going to make a judgment. I'm not in a position to make a judgment about individual sports other than just to urge them to be talking to health authorities, to be talking to the right um, people within their own sports and make their own decisions that way. Do you have any legislative powers as far as controlling crowds and telling sports they can, what they can and can't do? You made it clear that you're not uh, the overlord, you're not the puppeteer here, but should things get to a stage, do you have that um, maybe that ability? I personally don't, but within the Public Health Act and various other bits of legislation, the Director-General of Health and the Prime Minister have certain powers around gatherings and so on. What's worked up to now and and what has worked in other countries is, is advice and guidance from government on mass gatherings, and we've put that out. You would have seen the advice around the 500 people um, gatherings, and that advice has been continually worked on uh, by the officials. So I don't have those powers, but, yeah, there are certain situations where if we did get a community outbreak, a significant community outbreak of the virus in New Zealand, then it is possible for those powers to be used. That's probably one of the really important things to, to note, that at this time... We do not have a community outbreak. We don't have, um, you know, the virus being transmitted from people to people in our community. What all of the cases up to now, as far as I'm aware anyway, are ones where people have returned from overseas and have, you know, been diagnosed with having the virus. So we're in a slightly different position than a lot of the other countries you're hearing from. But we do have to be preparing ourselves for the fact that there may be a situation where we do have a much more widespread outbreak. And as I say, there are powers available should they need to be used, but not by me as it happens. The Olympic Games, uh, well, it's it heading. we're heading towards it. If it goes ahead, I'm not, I'm not quite sure what kind of relationship have the government got with the New Zealand Olympic Committee about the Olympics actually going ahead and advice around travel for the Olympians should it go ahead? Yeah, look, you know, we're in contact between ourselves, Sport New Zealand, High Performance Sport New Zealand and the Olympic Committee, and that's a, you know, that's a work in progress, that idea. I'm sure the International Olympic Committee will be looking very, very closely at the holding of the Olympics for the exact reason that you said. I mean, obviously people have to travel. Um, we've got issues at the moment, as I'm sure you know, with qualification for some athletes and the qualifying events not occurring. Um, the difficulty for everybody in this situation is that we're dealing with a completely unprecedented situation where information about what might happen is almost impossible to, to find. So they'll be needing to make those decisions, I guess, relatively soon, the International Olympic Committee, and we continue to stay in close contact with, with our New Zealand Olympic Committee and the high-performance sport folk. The sporting landscape in New Zealand could look dramatically different once this COVID-19 threat dissipates, could it not? I don't suppose you can have a thought about what that may encompass. Well, exactly, and I think, you know, it's not just sport and it's not just New Zealand. I mean, you know, just stop and think for a minute, you know, no NBA, you know, no Major League Baseball, no EPL. I don't know what's going to happen with the IPL. I haven't heard about that in the last couple of weeks, you know, in the last couple of days, sorry. So, you know, the whole landscape of sport 
in the world may well look different after this, let alone in New Zealand. And that's part of my focus with what I'm calling this recovery package is it's got to be about how we get through this period, but then we also have to talk about what happens on the other side. And, um, you know, the long-term ramifications of this virus are enormous and sport is no exception. And New Zealand is not on our own here. This is happening everywhere in the world and, in fact, to a much more severe degree in a lot of other parts of the world. And um, as far as collateral damage, I suppose you've got to look at that as well. A number of sports will, will suffer greatly, and I wouldn't say they're going to get wiped off, but that's got to be a consideration for what, I suppose, import they have at a community level grant for a general mental well-being and, and, and our healthy well-being as well. Well, that's actually very much what's in my thinking as we're putting together what, what this package would look like is, is exactly that, the role of sport in building our communities and holding our communities together and in fitness and in mental health. And in all of those areas, I think we've got to be looking to see what we can do there. I'd also be encouraging sporting organisations to think about how they can do things differently over the next immediate one or two, three months where, you know, they actually think about what can they do virtually if people are going to be finding themselves in self-isolation or finding themselves in, in situations that are difficult. What, how can the sports reorientate themselves to support that? Is there, are there things like, anyway, I heard, you know, some people talking about, you know, taking some time for people to go back and think about, you know, the games they've loved in the past and, and have, you know, sports clubs maybe virtual events where they come together. There are, you know, there's some really interesting ideas out there. That's going to have to be the, the role that sports clubs play. How can they support the older members in their community? You know, maybe if, if teams aren't playing, maybe they can be part of, of making sure that older people in the community are looked after. Just things like that that maintain the role of sports and sports clubs in our community, and then they're going to have a big role when we get through this and we start rebuilding things. And finally, Grant Robertson, uh, Minister of Finance and Sport. Ultimately, what does your resco, rescue package want to achieve? What's the ultimate goal for this rescue package? Well, I think you've got to think of it in a couple of phases. Phase one is about what we do to support people through this immediate period. And, and as I say, Sport New Zealand's gone away to look at that. Phase two is about what we do to help sports recover, rebuild, get people back out playing. I mean, ultimately, what sport's about is people exercising, playing sport, being with their mates. So we've got to start looking at a package that, that actually takes us through to the other end of this, helps those clubs, those codes rebuild and be the, the really important part of the community that they are.